We'd like to welcome you back to part uh, three of our current event and weekly Bible study for February 4th, 2019. And the next uh, part here is from a listener named Julie. She sent me this email, longtime listener, and it was uh, entitled Day of Mourning for Abortion. And she said, uh, hi, Dr. Johnson, I know in the grand scheme of things and how long abortion has been going on, I know that I'm guilty of not praying enough. Yeah, we all are. <laughs> you know, I can hardly say enough. I am ashamed so that I can't say that I am not to blame as I've fought as I should have, um, as I've not fought as I should have. I wanted to share this with you. So if you like, share it with your listeners. It is better than nothing. I believe there are several activist groups doing these things soon and it's called the day of mourning it's on 223 of 19 which is mm, about two weeks from now it's on a saturday and uh <clears throat> i give you a link to their website this is going on in new york city and i'll just read you the, the description the state of new york just voted to expand abortion abortion access up to birth of the baby to celebrate this unbelievable depravity they lit the one world trade center in pink well they also lit several bridges major bridges there in pink as well or with different lights uh women used to celebrate motherhood and find joy in their children today in places like new york city they are taking joy in destroying their children man i tell you this is so evil New York State has crossed a line of inhumanity that should all drive us to our knees. 46 years of state-sanctioned killing of our most helpless and defenseless children should cause us to weep and mourn and to take action. What is to be thought of a society that kills her own children? What is the future of such a heartless society that celebrates such barbaric inhumanity? If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Psalm 11, verse 3. We are calling for a national day of mourning and repentance. We are in desperate need for God to move upon the hearts of young and old in our nation. If our hearts do not break over the killing of these little image bearers of God in the womb, then how can we expect those growing up in this lost, confused, and decadent culture of our message to be taken seriously? Join us February 23rd for a national day of mourning. I like the fact that they are having it on a Saturday. or I mean, Sunday would probably even be better. I'm just trying to think about you know, mobilizing people in the greatest possible way and uh all at once you know so what they're saying is you know wear black don't shop if you have a business close it fast and repent for abortion i put the fast part in they didn't even put that in and it's like come on guys i mean <laughs> we need to we, if, if you're gonna have a day for this you, you should fast you know come on uh but then it says the venue is now this is the actual venue now obviously most of us are not going to be able to go to this but you can still pray and fast and when you have a group of christians doing that i think you're going to get a lot larger effect and we're going to talk about that today as well later i'm only about halfway through the study right now so we've got a ways to go but um it's 1 to 3 p.m on the 23rd we invite you to rally worship pray with us on february 23rd right underneath the state house of new york where the gruesome infanticide law was signed i think that's a great place to have it and celebrated we will give the preborn the solidarity they deserve this is a time of mourning and repentance on behalf of our nation's sins wear black and bring as many people as you can full address empire state plaza albany new york uh 12210 zip code and there's a link to their 
website. It's Day of Mourning, M-O-U-R-I-N-G dot O-R-G. I'll give you a link to it if you want to see that. So, And then the, the, she sent me this. She said this was on their Facebook page. And it's in a doctor giving a brief testimony, a medical doctor giving a brief testimony about abortion. So I'm going to go ahead and play that right now. Second. Okay, another thing I want to mention just before. One of the things that you can do, I, you can do the, the VPN, the virtual privacy network. There's a lot of, you know, virtual shield. You can do that through Dave Hodges and, and these types of things or, or Lisa Haven. I know a lot of people offer that um, as far as privacy goes. But if you install, it's called Ghostery. Okay, just Ghost, G-H-O-S-T-E-R-Y. If you install that on your computer, like when you when you view YouTube, not only is it does it block a boatload of stuff, it blocks trackers, it blocks all kind of stuff, but you don't have the ads popping up. So much of the ads that would normally play. Now sometimes it kind of bites you because there's certain things that it blocks where you can't play videos every once in a while, not on YouTube but on other pages. And but it's so easy to disable. You can just go up there and you just do pause ghostry. It's free. And then there's another one they got. It's called privacy possum <laughs> so privacy possum you ever see these people have possums as pets that's the most pitiful looking things they're always cross-eyed <laughs> i just think they're so cute but anyway and you know possums are really good in the wild because they eat like more ticks which is what spread lyme disease than like any other animal on the planet I'm, I'm pretty sure i mean they're amazing insect killers believe it or not if you have a lot of possums around where you live uh they will kill more ticks than you can imagine and so they're they're and again this is why god puts animals in now granted lyme disease is a government created problem created on plum island i believe and released into new york and now it's spread through the the ticks and stuff like this and it's you know, it's like AIDS that was created, Lyme disease was created. There's a lot of stuff that's been created by our wonderful government to depopulate the planet and to create a sick, debilitated population. Anyway, I really got off on a tangent there. But um, I have a protocol for Lyme disease. If you ever need to know, just email me at the contact page at contendingfortruth.com. I'll just send you a document on it. Um, really, really encouraging thing on that. Anyway. So it's Privacy Possum. You can install that. I got them both installed. And between the two, you know, it really blocks a ton of stuff. It speeds up your internet. And it's free. And it's also a form of, of privacy. Now, it's not like a virtual privacy network. But it's probably like if you could only do two things and you couldn't do the virtual privacy network. Because cert there's certain instances where you can't do that. Well, these are good to have on your computer. Anyway, this is abortion doctor testimony. Trimester D&E abortions performed between roughly 14 and 24 weeks of gestation. This is Dr. Anthony Levitino, obstetrics and gynecology specialist. And this he's talking about Planned Parenthood medical procedures. This is on C-SPAN 2. He's before, I think he's before Congress or some kind of hearing. It's very formal looking. Let, let me just start this over real quick just so you have the full scope. Second trimester D&E abortions performed between roughly 14 and 24 weeks of gestation. Your patient today is 17 years old. She's 22 weeks pregnant. Her baby is the length of your hand plus a couple of inches. 
and she's been feeling her baby kick for the last several weeks. She's asleep on an operating room table. You walk into that operating room scrubbed and gowned, and after removing laminaria, you introduce a suction catheter into the uterus. This is a 14 French suction catheter. If she were 12 weeks pregnant... So he's showing the actual tools that you would use to do this gruesome procedure. Yes, basically the width of your hand or smaller, you could basically do the entire procedure with this. But babies this big don't fit through catheters this size. After suctioning the amniotic fluid out from around the baby, you introduce an instrument called a sofa clamp. It's about 13 inches long. It's made of stainless steel. The business end of this clamp is about two and a half inches long and a half inch wide. There are rows of sharp teeth. This is a grasping instrument. When it gets a hold of something, it does not let go. A DNA procedure is a blind abortion, so picture yourself introducing this and grabbing anything you can blindly and pull, and I do mean hard, and out pops a leg about that big, which you put down on the table next to you. Reach in again, pull again, pull out an arm about the same length, which you put down on the table next to you, and use this instrument again and again to tear out the spine, the intestines, the heart and lungs. So you're literally ripping the baby apart through this... Good Lord, this is, uh, you're literally ripping the baby apart limb by limb just to get it out because it's so large that it just, it's not going to come out easily um, because this isn't like you're birthing the baby. The baby's not ready to come out. Uh, this is so, oh, uh, this is evil. And the baby that size is about the size of a large plum. Can't see it, but you pretty good idea you've got it if you've got your instrument around something and your fingers are spread about as far as they go. You know you did it right if you crush down on the instrument and white material runs out of the cervix. That was the baby's brains. Then you could pull out skull pieces. And you have a day like I had a lot of times, sometimes a little face comes back and stares back at you. Congratulations, you just successfully performed a second trimester Dini abortion. You just affirmed her right to choose. I did wow. over 1,200 abortions over a four-year period in private practice, not counting the ones that I did during my training. 1,200 abortions this guy did. Um, I met my wife at, um, during my first year of training at Albany Medical Center. We got married about a year later and found that we had an infertility problem. After years of failed infertility treatment and several years trying to adopt a child, we were blessed with a, adopting a, a little girl two months short of my daughter's sixth birthday. She was killed in an auto accident and literally died in her arms in the back of an ambulance. Oh. Anyone who has children might think they have some idea of what that feels like, but unless you've been through it yourself, you have no idea whatsoever. Okay, so from what I'm seeing so far, because, oh my gosh, so I would never wish this on this guy, you know. Obviously, he's up here to expose it, okay? So he's repented. I have nothing but love in my heart for him. But you do reap what you sow, and I don't know that was God's way of showing him and again, I haven't even heard this whole thing yet. It's, it's a very brief testimony, but, you know, God will do things like this in our life to show us how wrong we are. And, and, and him losing his own little girl, dying in his arms, was probably part of this process from what I'm gathering so far. Um, I know people find it hard to believe, but uh, what do you do after disaster? You bury your child and then you go back to your life. And I don't remember exactly how long it was after my daughter died that I showed up at Albany Medical Center OR number nine to perform my first second trimester DNA abortion. I wasn't thinking of it as anything special. This was routine to me. Um, but I reached in, 
literally pulled out an arm or leg and got sick. You know, earlier on, I described stacking up body parts on the side of the table. It's not to, you know, gross people out, to use a simple term. When you do an, an abortion, you need to keep inventory. You have to make sure you get two arms and two legs and all the pieces. If you don't, your patient's going to come back infected, bleeding, or dead. Um, so I soldiered on and finished that abortion. And I know it sounds, as I said, hard for people to believe, but I'm, I'm telling you straight up my experience. You know, after over 1,200 abortions, first and second trimester up to 24 weeks and all the rest of it, and being very dedicated to it, for the first time in my life, I really looked. I really looked at that pile of body parts on the side of the table. And I didn't see her wonderful right to choose, and I didn't see all the money I just made. All I could see was somebody's son or daughter. And I stopped doing late-term abortions after that, and several months later stopped doing all abortions. Can a woman forget the child she's nursing and have no mercy on the baby in her womb? I don't know if it says it. Although mothers may forget, I will not forget you, says the Lord God. Isaiah 49, 15. Oh, good Lord. Oh. The Bible, the Bible says that before I formed thee in the womb, Second trimester. before I formed thee in the womb, I knew thee and ordained thee a prophet under the nations. Yeah, Jeremiah, this is the, this is the verse I quoted um, to that Jewish lady when I went to Planned Parenthood in Asheville, which is like Witchcraft Central. Well, some of my listeners were with me, and um, I got into it with this Jewish lady that was in my face. And she said that she, like, is a uh, Jewish woman that believed the Old Testament. And I said, what do you do with Jeremiah 1.5? It said, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest out of the womb, I sanctified thee and ordained thee a prophet under the nations. He's saying this to Jeremiah. And she didn't have any answer. She didn't have any answer. <clears throat> uh, ooh. This is such a brutal subject. So sad. Uh, and then we've got petitions. Tell Virginia governor, this guy that said that we can kill babies afterward. This is the one that got, I think, two million from Planned Parenthood. The one I talked about. And the one that's all the controversies over right now with the blackface thing he did when he was younger. I honestly I could care less about it. I care about what he stands for now. What, what is he doing now? What, what is his actions now? And they're pure wickedness. You know, tell Virginia governor to retract an outrageous statement allowing babies to die. There's a petition for that. I'm trying to, you know, to be proactive. And this is in the PDF. I've also sent this out on my newsletter. If you're not subscribed to my newsletters, you can do so at contendingfortruth.com. Just go to the right side of the page and click on um, the newsletters you want to sign up for. It's all free. Another petition, one million strong against New York's extreme abortion bill, abortion to birth uh, law. So there's that petition for that. Uh, let's see here. And then there's boycott these 60 companies that donate money to fund the systematic murder of unborn babies. There's that one. These are all things you can click on and um, do. Here's another one. This is a brief one. 
its warring angels may bring God's judgment exactly like Ezekiel 9. John sent me this, I think afterward, after I told him, I, when he sent me the verse, the, the verses on Ezekiel 9, I told him, I said, man, that's the, you're the second person that's spoken that to me in the last day. And he saw this, and it's warring angels may bring God's judgment exactly like Ezekiel 9, dire warning for New York City. Um, one report read, how long do we have before the Lord God Almighty says, no more destroying my children or infants? The abortion laws have gone so lax, so immoral, that doctors can, with no political correctness, say it plainly, kill a child that is being born naturally. We have crossed the line. And I think we crossed the line a long time ago. Hi, everyone. You know, uh, usually I, I try to make very positive videos and uh, videos that will encourage folks, you know, and I, I really haven't looked forward to sharing this, but it's been on my heart to share this, and I feel compelled that I must. And, uh, of course, uh, the title tells it all, A Dire Warning for New York City. I'd like to say right up front that uh, if you live in New York City or if you are by chance responsible in any way for the recent law that has been passed concerning uh, right up to birth abortion, well, I'd like to I'd like to express to you right now, right up front, that God loves you so much. He doesn't hate you. He loves you very much. And I love you too, or I wouldn't be trying to warn you. It was uh, it was less than a year ago that I had a very, very troubling dream concerning a city in America, and I didn't like to say the name of the city. I knew which city it was. It was last March. I knew that it was New York City, but I, I just didn't want to share and to tell people the, the exact location. In this dream, um, I was like in a wooded area and I was with my wife and my family. We were in like this large building and somebody, they hollered out, quick, get out of the building, get out of this building because a fire is coming. We didn't have time to grab anything. We had to leave. We had to vacate the building immediately. In this dream, it was like at night, and we were up in a higher, a little bit higher location, not in the high mountains, but it's just a little bit higher location in a wooded-like area. But, you know, I looked out across the horizon. I could see New York City. I knew it was New York City. Somehow I knew in my mind. And, uh, oh, I, I sincerely hope that this doesn't happen. I, I, I really hope that this doesn't happen. But I, I saw the whole city from a distance. And I saw every single building. Every single building was on fire. And the fire, it was, it was much higher than the buildings. It was, the, the, the flames were... All I saw was flames over the whole city, and they went, uh, like I said, as tall as the building was, it was that much higher again, the flames. And uh, and it just, it, it came so quickly, so fast, it happened so quickly. 
and uh, I remember I was as I was watching and looking and seeing this hor horrific sight I heard a large explosion and this is a detail that I didn't mention in the dream uh, back in March but I heard a large explosion and uh, and I looked and I could see the Empire State Building and it's like uh, a quarter way up the building there was a large explosion and I could see at the top of the building as it was collapsing and going right over it was a it was a very horrifying dream. Not only the law has been passed that you can have an abortion in uh, New York right up to birth, but they they celebrated in such a way. Um, they celebrated the victory to to be able to perform such a thing. And. Uh, I, I just know that God is not pleased. I, I know that he isn't because of things that he's spoken to me in this dream. And I knew, I knew right there that, uh, you know, it, it doesn't pay to mock God. It doesn't pay to mock God. He loves people so much, but he's a God of justice. He's a God of justice, and he, there's only so much that God will take. Um... You know, as I was thinking, considering that dream that I had, I was wondering, how how is this going to happen? I mean, I know that God, He can do anything, but how is this going to happen, such a thing? And uh, it quickly, the Holy Spirit spoke to me very quickly, um, warring angels, warring angels, that, that came so quickly. But uh, And again... Man, I mean, all I can do is just bow my head. I mean, this is like just like a feeling of mourning, you know, listening to this information and covering this subject. And it's just, it's so sad. <clears throat> but <clears throat> that's what we just covered in Ezekiel. They were warring angels that went through the city. And it kind of like, this was like the third confirmation, you know, that, I mean, listen... Judgment's coming to New York City, one way or another. And judgment's coming to this country. You know, but I think there's other, there's places where the wickedness has obviously been more centered, more concentrated, more celebrated. I mean, you look at what New York's just done, and I, I think those are the areas that are going to get hit the hardest with God's judgment. But he used warring angels in the Bible, and... I mean, the thing is, is that if God lets this go on, wickedness is just going to keep increasing and increasing until no flesh shall be saved. No, no flesh will be left. I mean, that's why God has to shorten the days in Revelation, because the wickedness is so exceedingly great. So when God does judge wickedness, good things always happen, if you look in the Bible. So one way or another, this is this is going down, whether it's tomorrow, next week, next year, ten years. I don't know, but it, it's going to happen. Especially, I wanted to share this. Now, this this happened just uh, just a few days ago, 
and uh, I was at work, I, I believe it was last Friday, that I was working away. I'm a cabinet maker, and I'm working away on the table saw, and I'm, I'm thinking about this late-term abortion, and then right up to birth abortion. I was thinking about that and that law that had passed. And just then, very quickly, a word of knowledge from the Holy Spirit kept coming to me over and over again. And the word is nemesis. Now, I have to say that I, I honestly didn't know what that word meant. I, it's not a word that I use. <laughs> I don't use the word nemesis. Never. I never use that word. But that word, it kept coming to me several times. I would be working away, and, and it would the Holy Spirit would speak to me again. Nemesis. Nemesis. This is what nemesis means. It's a just punishment or one who imposes this. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and especially if you've had anything to do with this, um, this law that has been passed, I sincerely um, would ask that you would please repent, to repent of this while you can, to repent and turn away from from uh, from these kind of things and run to Jesus run to Jesus while you can because this these things don't have to happen this doesn't have to happen at all <laughs> nemesis it doesn't mean it's going to happen i hope it doesn't happen but it's a i, I feel it's a dire situation because I, I know just how powerfully that that word came to me. And that dream that I had, it, it just, it came upon this world so quickly. If you don't know Jesus, if you haven't accepted him into your heart and into your life, just ask him. Simply ask him, Lord, I need a Savior. Lord, I need you in my life. I, I realize and I recognize the fact that I need you. And would you please come into my heart and into my life and and to fill me with that peace that passes all understanding and please forgive me of all of my sins and everything that I've done wrong and help me to live my life for you and to walk with you and to trust in you just ask him into your life today and, and he, he will come in because he loves you so much he will come into your heart and life and you'll have peace like you've never known. Like you've never known. I, uh, I, I really wish that I didn't have to share such a, a dire warning. And I, I, uh, I hope that nothing happens. And I, I, I hope that that law gets changed. I, I hope that people repent of their ways. I sincerely do. And I, I only have love for people. I, I don't want to see I don't want to see that dream come to pass. I, I don't want to see that at all. I uh, I sincerely would would love to see people happy and joyful in the Lord and know their Lord as their personal Savior. To live in peace and harmony one with another. That's what I would like to see. I would love to see that.
Anyway, thank you. Thank you so much for watching my video and for listening. And please, if, if you're in any way responsible for that law, please, please repent as soon as you can. Please repent and turn to the Lord. He loves you so much. Thank you for watching, and God bless each and every one of you. You all take care. So I was just uh, listening to another one of his videos, and man, he's just got a really gentle, sweet Christian spirit. You know, I mean, wow. <laughs> I mean, it's humbling. <laughs> uh, his name is Mark Murchison, and uh, if if you need some encouragement, you know, I I gave you the link there in the in the. Uh, in the PDF for this date, February 4th, 2019. And it's, it's under the warring angels may bring God's judgment. It's that, but you can look him up on YouTube. Mark Murchison, M-U-R-C-H-I-S-O-N. And he just looks like he's got a lot of really encouraging videos for Christians, which, you know... Each of us have different ministries, and um, there is a ministry of encouragement. There's a ministry of helps. There's all kind of different ministries. I'm more of a watchman, uh, focused and zeroed in on that. But it's really good to have balance in our Christian walks. And, and he would be, a, I think, a really great godly place to go. Now, the Word of God is always the ultimate refuge in prayer and going to the Lord. But I'm saying if, if you wanted to watch some really encouraging Christian-based videos, from what I'm seeing so far, you know, he seems biblically sound. And he also sings, he's a really good musician. Really, really good. And he's excellent. Sings Christian songs. So anyway, I, I just wanted to pr promote him there. He, he seems like a wonderful man of God. Um... Okay, so the next part is, it's it's just from, I got this the other day from Chick, and they, they put this out in, in um, response to all of the abortion legislation, and it's, they're just letting their uh, newsletter list know that they have a track for abortion, and it's called Who Murdered Clarice, and you can read the track, you can click on it, you can order it from them. Um, I think you can even go up there if you had to, and uh, you can print it out. But it's going to come out like in a page format, whereas a track is a lot easier. I like to go to, uh, when I get gas, <clears throat> a lot of the gas pumps have all these little different slots that you can slide chick tracks in. They're, they're thick enough and substantial enough where they will stick in things. And it's a great way to get tracks out leaving them with if you go to a restaurant with a tip there's so many different ways you can put tracks out and you never know i mean pray over the tracks i think it's good too to, to if you have made that anointing oil that i have to maybe just hit the you know take your finger and pray over them and just hit the spine meaning the back end of the track so that way because if you put it all over the track it's going to be like have oil all over it but just hit the spine of the track. Like take them all, like chick tracks come together in little packs and you can just hit the spine with some of that anointing oil and uh, 
pray over them, you know, pray that, you know, God use them and to get as many people as possible saved and that they would end up in the right hand. There's a lot of different ways you can pray over tracks. And I, I think when you do that, you're, you're going to maximize the benefit and the effort. And you can order right now, if, if you order like a thousand of any one track, because if you order them separately, they're, they're a little pricey. Um, like 70, 17 cents a piece, I think, if you order them separate. And I think the higher quantities you get. But if you get if you get like a thousand of any one track, I believe it's like a hundred bucks. So a hundred bucks. And, you know, as far as Christian giving goes, you know, I believe that that is something that would count toward Christian giving. You're literally putting the gospel out and these types of things. It's just the church would have you, the 501c3 church would convince you that, okay, you've got to do a 10% tie to the church and all the other stuff. And they're literally yoked up with the government and they're literally yoked up with the FEMA clergy response team. So many of them and nowhere in the Bible does it say that we're supposed to blow all this money building big church edifices and, you know, keeping the pastors and the, all of them in opulent luxury, which a lot of times is the case, not all the time, but a lot of times it is the case, especially with the bigger churches. I think there's a lot of different ways you can put out um, money. I, I try to, like, monies that come into us, I really try to, I mean, I live as, I live pretty simply. I mean, I'm not living extravagantly. I can guarantee you that. Uh, and I try, you know, to to take what is coming in and use it, you know, for our living and, and for the ministry. And then I'm, I am constantly retithing money out to worthy worthy ministries and buying tracks and things like that and i think there's a lot of ways that you can spend the money that god gives you and the bible says as a man hath purposed in his heart so let him give that's new testament giving it's not based on the levitical tithe anymore we don't have that temple that i just described in ezekiel we don't have that temple anymore Okay, that that was for the Levitical priesthood and getting all of the animals and all the, the garments and all the expenses that occurred from this whole gigantic cadre of priests, Levitical priests that they had just to maintain the temple. It was a big job always going on. And so I've done a whole teaching on that. Just key in tithe in the keyword search at contendingfortruth.com. Uh, I think it's a pretty cut and dry issue. As a man of purpose in his heart, so let him give and give cheerfully. And so that's what, you know, I advise Christians to do. Now, it's more. there's more to it than that, and that's why I did the teaching on it. Uh, okay, so let's go forward. Anyway, it's a good to see the genuine outrage over New York's approval of late-term abortions, but it was heartbreaking that we learned that several other states are on track to do the same. However, the pushback seems to be working in Virginia. A bill in their state legislature was tabled in the committee instead of proceeding to a vote. Chick Publications has long stood against the slaughter of innocents, and we invite you to join the resistance by widely sharing the track, Who Murdered Clarice? And you can click on it. There's a cover, what it looks like on the cover. And you can read that here. Or you can go to chick.com and look that up. So then I got a uh a uh, email around the same time and all of this is like I, I really don't like that word serendipity i just think it sounds corny but a lot of this is um or kismet <laughs> i don't know i should prefer to say divine providence but um 
this I, I got this around the same time I've been putting this teaching together this week, and this is a listener comment experience with a three day sackcloth in ashes water fast and questions about it. So this is a longtime listener, Deborah. Uh, she said, I just performed my fir first sackcloth and ashes three-day water fast for all of the wicked wickedness going on in the world, but specifically for the human trafficking victims. I remember you had said you had done one many years ago, and I had a few questions for you the next time. I don't think I ever, I don't, I, and I want to full disclosure, I don't know if I've ever actually done where I wore sackcloth and ashes for three days. I think I probably, I know I've done that, but not like wearing them the whole three days and that, okay? So I've done three day, no no water, no food fast, several of those I've done. I just got done with a, almost a three day one. I don't know, I ended that three or four days ago. Uh, I've done almost up to a week, um, you know, on know, like two different occasions and a lot of I mean fasting over you know a lot of different times over the years but anyway I just want full disclosure there and anyway she said I remember uh, I made a he the healing anointing oil like you taught with the olive oil the frankincense and the myrrh that's that's my teaching on the anointing oil that you can key in and you'll find it if you haven't heard it I leave at least it, at least for 12 hours a day in front of the player playing the whole KJV Bible. Oh, and just so you know, I uh, had a listener the other day request that if he asked me if I would take one of the bottles of the 5,000 part per million silver from Invive and put it in front of my player. Because right now I got everything downstairs in a big bin that I got KJV playing through 24-7 loud through all this olive oil through all the containers that I put it in, through the squirt guns I got, through the essential oils that I got. I mean, everything is playing through it. And it's in a container, so it's like getting concentrated, you know, the Word of God in there. And um, he wanted me to put the 5,000 part per million in Vive in front of the player for a couple weeks and then send it to him. He asked me if I'd do it. And I'm like, sure. Yeah, absolutely. So I think I had, I had a... It was like my last box, like 24. And I just went ahead and just put them all down there with the player. So I'm going to let him sit in there for two weeks. And I'm probably just going to let him sit down there. And I'm going to send him a bottle in two weeks. Uh, I've even got the date marked. And then after two weeks, then I, I, I mean, the thing is, is that I think it's a cumulative thing. I think the longer they stay in front of it, the better but obviously, you know, it, you can't have, if you've got people placing orders and they want something, you've got to, and you have the product to ship, then you ship it. Now, I've never done this before, but I'm going to have that as an option, I guess, at least uh, until I run out of that. I've only got about another 10 bottles beyond that. I'm, I'm getting another order in, though. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I can't believe it's going to hurt. I, I got to believe that it's going to supercharge the silver and may take it to a whole other different healing level and who knows it, it may be something that you take internally and you're literally potentially maybe dealing with demonic components i'm not saying it's like deliverance in a bottle but 
I don't know. I don't really know the potential. I just know that wickedness is increasing, and I feel like God's showing me more things on how to deal with the increased wickedness, like the new the anointing oil that Pete told me about from the deliverance minister in Tasmania and the, and the results they've gotten. And I, I just know I, there's no way it can hurt. You know, there's no way it, it, it could be a bad thing. And so, anyway, I just wanted to mention that. Um, let's see. Uh, I leave it in front of the player for 12 hours a day playing the whole kjv bible um i for my fast i used a burlap sack which i wore over my clothes and i put ashes from the fire on my head i picked up i picked three days in which i didn't need to go out anywhere and i wore this throughout the day in my house and i took the sackcloth only at night to go to bed i left the ashes on and put more on each day i also anointed myself with oil before i prayed and she's yeah she's going She's doing, I mean, there are very, very few people that are doing this. Guaranteed. And I think this needs to be something where, you know, the Lord convicts you. You need to do this. And, because uh, I, I can't tell you saying, okay, you got to fast and you got to do this. You know, this has to be something between you and God that you work out. I'm just reading this and maybe throwing in some guidelines that you might want to think about if you do it because i'm not any expert on this either there's very very little written about this on the internet the only thing we really have to go off is what the bible says and the bible doesn't say a lot about it, it just states they did sackcloth and ashes but it doesn't it doesn't give any explicit instructions on how to go about it uh then it goes on to say, as I said before, I prayed about all the evil that is currently occurring in the world, but mostly for God to end the human trafficking system. I prayed specifically for the two alleged drag kids, Desmond the Amazing, which is actually named after a demon, and Nemesis, who goes by, and that reminds me of Nemesis, the, the guy that I had just quoted. Your Nemesis is like your, your arch enemy, your Nemesis, you know. And um, uh, Desmond and Nemes, who go by Desmond the Amazing and Queen Lactatia, which is so disgusting. Give me a break. That's the two drag kids that I've talked about. That they're parading around, that they go to gay clubs and gay men throw money at them and only God knows what they're doing to them behind closed doors. I can discern that both of these children come from generational satanic family bloodlines and, th and that their parents are Satanists who are horribly physically and sexually abusing them. I can only imagine. It is also obvious that they were both programmed since birth, are continually drugged. Yes, they both look totally drugged out of their mind and are victims of the child sex trafficking system. Both sets of parents look like evil Satanists, especially Nemes, his parents. I was aware that before these two boys were paraded that way to the public that these illuminati satanists that do that to most of their children because many of the testimonies of people who came out of it and exposed it this is the norm for them but they're using these two children and i know many more will come after them to normalize this for the rest of us so i downloaded the photo of each child and i prayed over each of them each time i prayed and i she did this while she was praying and fasting i also prayed that god would have his holy angels bind and cast into the abyss all devils and demons possessing and oppressing them that he would break their programming that he would liberate them from their wicked parents handlers programmers etc and that he would punish and expose all the wicked people abusing them this 
then could be also used to expose the whole child sex trafficking system. Okay, and um, so she said that. Okay, uh, my response, I, I said that um, when she said, I downloaded the picture of each child and prayed over them. I prayed that God would have his holy angels bind and cast to the abyss, the devils and the demons oppressing and possessing them. Well, what kind of came into my mind is that we need to be a little bit more um, specific because what Matthew 18, 18 through 20 says is, Verily I say unto you, and this is what Jesus said, Whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So I don't think it's, I don't think what we want to do is that God would have his holy angels bind. I think maybe his holy angels are the ones that bind once we give the command though, once a Christian gives the command. But we have the power to bind and loose. Jesus Christ didn't, wasn't talking to angels in Matthew 18, 18. And I mean this in the nicest way. I, I'm not like, this is not like a rebuke of her or anything. This is like, I just think that I get what you're saying and I respect it and I'm with you. But let's, uh, if, if we could do this a little bit more uh, honed in, scripturally speaking. Because, yes, I do believe it's most likely the angels that are doing the binding. But it's after we've commanded them and i don't mean like we commend them like you know hey angel do this or whatever i, I think you do should do it in all reverence but whatsoever ye and he was speaking to his disciples humans shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven and these are literally when i think we're talking about loosing we're talking about loosing the angels and yes those good angels i believe can be used to bind demons but the command actually comes from us as born again Christians. And these are weapons of our warfare. And then it says in the next verse, again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they ask, it shall be done for them of my father, which is in heaven. So I think it's very important whenever you can to have two of you to come into agreement and to pray about a matter. It's much more effective than just one person you know, one can put a thousand to flight, two, ten thousand. There's a lot of scriptural examples that we could look at as well. Uh, a three-four cord is not easily broken. That's three. And then it says in verse 20, For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. So then now it gets into the connotation of where two or three are gathered in my name. The spirit of Jesus is there, essentially. Because he says, there I am in the midst of them. It's almost like when you have that dynamic going on, Jesus is going to be much more attentive to your prayer. Your prayer is more powerful. Uh, I think if you would come together and do binding and loosing, because let's face it, binding and loosing was mentioned in eight, verse 18, 18, and then it talks about if, if two or three in verses 19 or 20 are gathered together well it's in pretty close proximity to verse 18 so i think th these are ways that we can increase the power of our prayer life of our binding and loosing of getting our prayers answered 
by doing this. They're and I'm as guilty as anybody of not doing this with two or three because I'm, I'm kind of isolated, you know. Um, granted, I know I can do it with Taylor. And not to say we don't do that, but can we can we do a better job? Sure, absolutely, 100%. And these verses, you know, they can, you know, the, the word of God convicts. So these are things to think about. And then back to her, back to what she was saying here. The questions I have about this fast are, is the sackcloth to be worn over the clothes or with no clothes underneath it? And then I told her, I said, I just have no idea here. I have no source of reference other than what the Bible says, which is not much. Maybe you could search online about this. I kind of did a cursory search and a lot of what was said was they bring this into Catholicism because, you know, the Catholic, the Catholics got all this works-based stuff they do. I mean, you got monks flagellating themselves with whips and stuff at extreme levels and all the garbage they go through, you know, when they go to visit the Lady Medjugorje on their knees and they walk for a mile on their knees and all this stuff to earn their way into heaven. And we don't want to turn it into that. Okay, so we... Again, like I said, this is a personal conviction between you and the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm not telling everybody they need to go this route. And I'm not saying for sure that they need to start out doing sackcloth and ashes. Three day, no water, no food. Now she did a three day water. But I'm saying that, that would be like the most extreme thing I could think of as a three day, no water, no food, sackcloth and ashes fast. That would probably be the most extreme if you if, of, of a three-day fast. Now, granted, you could do a lot longer fast, but you can only go so long without water. I mean, unless, you know, God supernaturally made that, extended that out. Now, I did find this, and this doesn't really tell her, this isn't really going to tell you how to do the sackcloth and ash thing, but it gives more light to it. Great Bible prayers, Daniel's prayer of confession, Daniel 9. I set my face toward the Lord God to make requests by prayer and supplications with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. And I prayed to the Lord my God and made confession and said, O oh, Lord, great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant and mercy with those who love him and with those who keep his commandments. We have sinned and committed iniquity. We have done wickedly and rebelled even by departing from your precepts and your judgments. And I mean, it really reminds me of all the stuff that, you know, he was, he was basically standing in the gap for Israel, which is what we need to be doing in regard to like our country, whatever country you might live in. Deborah's is Australia. Mine is, is, you know, America standing in the gap for like where this extreme wickedness is going on new york city wherever abortions are going on and things of this nature and so this is what daniel did he was getting real serious with god and he said i made confession and he wasn't confessing just his own sins he was confessing the sins of the nation we have sinned and committed iniquity he said we have sinned He's standing in the gap. Um, Jesus said one of the first commandments Jesus made after he remanifested, when he showed himself to the disciples, was he breathed on. It said he breathed on them. I think it was the first time he appeared to them, and he said, "Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whoever whosoever sins ye, ye remit, they are remitted, and whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained." 
So then you have the whole concept of remitting sins. If you want to know more about that, just key in remitting, maybe remitting sins at contendingfortruth.com because I've done studies on that. I don't really want to go into that. It's, it's, uh, you need to like hear the study on it. And, and I'm not talking about we're going around and we're like some substitution for the blood of Jesus Christ, which is what really, you know, um, was the penalty is the penalty that Jesus Christ paid on the cross to pay our sin. I, I, I'm not talking about that. It's a different concept. This is after Jesus Christ did those things. But he does say that in scripture. And that's not something you'll hear mentioned very much. So if you want to know more, just key that remitting remitting sins in at uh, my website. All right, let's go further here. Uh, we have done wickedly and rebelled. Again, he's going, he's standing in the gap for all of israel as though even though daniel was a very upright person and probably really hadn't done wickedly and rebelled he was acting on behalf of of the nation of israel that had done this he was standing in the gap and in order to do that you have to humble yourself and that's what he was doing even by departing from your precepts and your judgments. So Daniel begins his prayer as all prayer should begin with the great reverence for God. His approach to God was in verse three, I set my face toward the Lord God to make requests by prayer and supplications with fasting, sackcloth and ashes. And Daniel's reverent approach to God is seen in his attitude before God with, with deep contrition of soul evidence by fasting, wearing garments made from rough, rough sackcloth putting ashes on his head, an outward sign of true humility and pen penitence. He came before God. One cannot approach the Holy of Holies without being made aware of what unholiness is. He speaks of the shame of face in verse 7 and 8. This is not a creature cowering before its creator in fear and trepidation, but a saint out of the deepest reverence and in the highest sense of his awesomeness of the worthy one bowing in worship. Yeah, I mean, I think they bring up some really good points here in this commentary. We cannot, this is not my writing, I got this from a commentary. We cannot but be moved by his reverential awe of God. His bodily posture and self-abnegation are reflections of his heart attitude as he enters the presence of the holy God. In addition, his reverence is reflected in the manner in which he addresses God. Okay, so just, I put that in to shed a little more light on the whole subject. Okay, her second question is, and I'm going back to the, the um email from deborah is it okay to take off off the sackcloth at night and sleep or should i attempt to sleep with it although i think it would be impossible to be able to sleep with that on slack sackcloth if you've ever got around sackcloth it's like burlap and it's usually typically like dirty and itchy and dusty and ugh, it's like the worst thing to try to wear it's just the quintessential essence of what an uncomfortable garment would feel like i'm not 100 percent sure like i guess you could probably have like i don't know a seamstress make like sackcloth like top and bottoms and maybe with like a uh like a maybe like a drawstring you know like on the pants part i don't know i mean i'm not 100 percent sure how that would work and again i'm not saying you gotta do this because i don't want to like heap burdens on my listeners that where like this turns into some kind of like whatever I, I this is an option is all this is and it's only an option if you feel thus convicted to do it 
I do think as far as the humility thing goes, as far as if you were trying to get a hold of God and you were pulling out every stop you could pull out, I do think that if sackcloth and ashes was a part of that, God knows your heart and he sees that. And I think that would be a good thing from that standpoint. So understand kind of where I'm coming from here. Um, anyway, she asked me about that about sleeping with it and i said same answer as above I, I i don't know other than what the bible tells us and the bible doesn't tell us a lot about the actual procedure so i just don't have all the all the answers and then three are the ashes to be put on the head or anywhere else in the bottom body um i think that just the head but i really am not 100 percent sure about that um it said he put daniel put ashes on his head so I'm, I'm assuming that would be enough, fine, unless you're convicted otherwise. Number four, I was planning on printing out the two photos of the boys and anointing them with oil in this, the supercharged anointing oil I talked about um, as I prayed for them, but I didn't because I don't know if that would work and if that would be something too similar to witchcraft. What do you think of doing that? Well, I personally, I don't see anything wrong with that. Uh, in fact, it sounds like a great idea. I mean, from the standpoint, if you have their, their images, it's not like you're printing out a pentagram or a hexagram or something. You're just printing out their images, and which is a reminder to pray for them and you have to focus in your prayer on them. Um, I was planning on doing some longer one later, but I, but right now I'm feeling quite overwhelmed and discouraged. Sometimes I wonder if all the fasting and praying I will do I am doing, if anything, if it's worth doing, as no matter how much I pray against these things, I just see evil increasing and prospering every day more and more, while the righteous are just being attacked, oppressed, violated, and abused every day. More and more. Now I'm going to address this. After I performed the fast, I just saw a whole... I just saw a whole lot more evil things that just came up, and I felt extremely defeated, like my prayers had not been hurt. Now... One of the things that God convicted me of, and I'm going to get into my other response, was there was a bot, there was a, I don't know where you could find it. I tried to look for it on YouTube. Um, and, um, but let me try one, one other thing. Well, anyway, I, I got convicted. There was a Baptist preacher when I was in the Baptist movement, and he would come every once in a while to the church I was at in uh, North Fort Myers, Florida, New Testament Baptist. And his name was Melvin Sisson, and he did a he did a uh, sermon, and it was entitled "The Film Is Being Developed," and it was a great sermon because it was about like when he likened the Christian life and the prayer life to when you have a Polaroid camera and you take a picture of something, and if you know about the, like the old Polaroid cameras, the film, the actual picture would come right out, and it would all be gray. And what you'd always do is you'd turn it over on like um, I don't know, like a table. And I guess that helped the developing process. And it took, you know, it took a several minutes for the actual picture to actually develop. And then that's how our life is a lot of times is we'll pray about things and we don't see instantaneous results a lot of the times. Most of the time that doesn't happen. We don't understand what's going on in the spirit realm. Then you got Daniel, who we just talked about, where he was hindered by the prince of Persia the 21-day fast, who was a principality that was he was literally dealing with. And until he got through that full 21-day Daniel fast, which was a partial fast, 
he had to do that whole 21 days in order for the, the angel that was trying to get through to, to, to get him the victory, to get him the answer he was seeking. It wasn't going to happen until he did the full 21 day Daniel fast. He didn't get an answer right away, in other words. He had to wait 21 days. He had to go, he had to see it through. And that's how our life is. And a lot of times we can pray and fast about things and we're not going to see, we're not going to see that, uh, that victory right away. The, the, the closest thing I can, and he did it. Melvin Sisson is the only guy I've ever heard him do a teaching on this. And there's just very, very little about Melvin up there on the internet. Um, and I did find a page. I'll post the page, but I don't see the film as being developed because that was the title of the sermon. There's a whole bunch of his, of his sermons though up here. And, um, and there, you can listen to him or download him, but I don't see the film as being developed. But I really love Melvin. He was—he uh, probably wouldn't even remember me now. It's been so long. But um, I, I would always treat him. You know, when he'd come down, I, I'd take my chiropractic table over there and treat him. And I just—I I really loved when I was when I was in the church a lot more. I really loved being around godly people and godly men i just i wanted just to be around them i wanted just to spend time with them and 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 kind of like absorb their wisdom you know uh that they had and, and i i really had a uh huge amount of respect for melvin sisson i still do i mean i i love him i, I i'm not in the baptist circles anymore and things of this nature uh but anyway i posted a link to that here it's, it'll be on page 12 or 11 on Melvin Sisson. Anyway, um, my my answer in addition to this, because she said she's feeling, you know, um, defeated and um, she doesn't see her prayers being answered. Well, again, the film is being developed and we don't know what's going on in the heavenlies and there's not a lot of people doing this stuff. Okay, there's not, there's a handful of people on the planet praying and fasting, fasting about these types of issues of Christians. There's way less doing anything like I think with the anointing oil that, that we had talked about in previous teachings. And there's most likely not a lot of unity. And a lot of the people, even if they're praying and fasting, they don't know about a lot of the issues we get into on a week to week basis. So they may be doing things that are self-sabotaging themselves. They may be shooting themselves in the foot every single day, getting their prayers hindered, and not even knowing they're doing anything to get their prayers and potentially fasting hindered. The Bible says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. So if we've got iniquity, which is, you know, I know you could separate it out iniquity, transgression, sin, trespasses. I mean, I understand you could give a little bit of different. I think it all boils down to sin. The, there are things that we could be doing in our life unknowingly that could be hindering our prayer life. And that's why the Bible says, my children are destroyed for lack of knowledge and not to be ignorant of Satan's devices, lest he get an advantage of us. That's why what this ministry is all about. And not to say I don't have stuff that I'm not aware of or or that I know everything because I don't. I learn new stuff every day. Uh, but this is one of the great ways I think Satan gets an advantage of us because there's things that maybe we're not aware of or maybe we don't even know to pray about. And that's why I've went so big now over to the prayer lists 
with every email I'm putting out to constantly keep that as a reminder to my listeners. Okay, here's the things you can do. I'm trying to make this as one-stop shop shopping as I possibly can for my listeners. So um, we got that aspect. And then I said, well, I said back to her, I said, well, very, very few are doing what you're doing. I mean, there's not very many people doing three-day sackcloth and ash water fast about child sex trafficking and the pedophiles okay and, and this is what i'm hoping to create is more critical mass more people doing this to see our results amplified because you know we're two or three are gathered together my name now if you're actually gathered together i think if one person's doing it in kentucky and one person's doing it in north carolina one person's doing jordan that's that's awesome and you can come into agreement but it's even, it sounds like, scripturally speaking, it's even more amazing if you're actually under the same roof doing it. Now, I know that's not practical most of the time. But I'm just saying, I th- I'm a big, if you know me, I'm a big one on what can we do to, like, supercharge what we're doing? How can we supercharge that anointing? How can we supercharge our prayer life? How can we supercharge our spiritual warfare? Because I know one thing, Satan's doing everything he can do to kill us. He's got every he's got thirty thousand plus particle colliders creating dark matter. And those D-wave quantum computers constantly changing our realities and things of this nature and releasing more dark matter and, and more devils and demons into our plane of existence. You've got legions and legions of witches and warlocks that are expanding exponentially in their numbers that are doing high level witchcraft. I just heard Russ Dizdar talk about that. There's there's the amount of people now doing high-level witchcraft is so much greater than it was like 20, 30 years ago. Because, you know, you've got the internet, which can be a blessing and a, and a, and a cursing. you got internet, 30, I think like 30 to 40% of all internet traffic's porn, pornography. It, but it's like money. It, it can be used for good and it can be used for evil, the internet. But you've got a lot of, of the inf- the way that people exchange information now has went up at an exponential level. The Bible says that many will run to and fro and knowledge will increase in Daniel. Again, we go, go back to Daniel again. But a lot of that knowledge is wicked knowledge or false knowledge. So this is why you pray for the fear of God because the fear of God, a byproduct of that is the beginning of understanding. It's the beginning of wisdom. It's the beginning of knowledge. The angel of the Lord encampeth encampeth around about them that fear him and delivereth them. So if you have the fear of the Lord operating in your life, which will which will breed humility toward God, then there's a much higher likelihood you're going to operate in true wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. Because that's a byproduct of the fear of the Lord. That's why I've always been so big on that. These are all just... These are things I've mentioned in the past, but I have to keep, I, I want to keep tying it back in to my teachings. All right, so uh, let's see here. Okay, very, very few are doing what you're doing, and I do believe it is making a difference, and God sees your effort and in your heart and sees that almost no one else is doing this. When you have bill, But when you have billions of people living for self, and many for the devil overtly on planet Earth, it is a huge herculean task to push back that level of evil when so few are making the kind of effort you are making and you know like my listeners those of them that are doing this and again i'm not here to browbeat anybody 
no matter what, you are doing a wonderful biblical thing and you will be rewarded for it in the next life and you will see what your prayers actually accomplish. Why? Because the film is being developed. I don't think we get a full look at that at that Polaroid until we're on the other side anyway. I mean, in heaven. You're not gonna, you're not gonna really know the impact your life had has until heaven. You're, you're just not. I mean, what if you went out and you put out a thousand tracks on gas pumps over, a, I don't know, a three or four year period? You're not going to see any immediate fruit of that, probably. Maybe, maybe you would, but you're never going to know where those tracks ended up. What if you prayed over them, anointed them with oil, put those tracks out, prayed over the gas stations that you're putting them out in or whatever for argument's sake. You don't know what, what, what God's going to tell you on the other side. It could it hurt. How could it possibly hurt? You know? That's what I'm talking about. So I'm here to encourage you that although the days seem dark, we're on the winning team. We know how the book ends. We see the devil raging. Why? Because his time is short. That's why these people are coming out of the woodwork. One of the reasons they're coming out of the woodwork is, is what Trump has done since he's been in office, where he's enacted all of these different legislations to go after the pedophiles, the pedivores, and the pedo predators i should say and now a lot of these these um governmental organizations actually have the ability to go after these groups that is a big reason they're raging and coming out of the woodwork like cockroaches i'm gonna i'm gonna document that soon and again i'm not the I've done most of the teachings I've done recently. I've been coming down on Donald Trump, but I'm going to give him credit where credit's due as well. And I think if there was one thing Donald Trump could do that would be pleasing in God's eyes, it, it is to go after the pedophiles and the child sex traffickers and, and that. I think the next thing he needs to really key on is the abortion industry, which I haven't really seen him do really anything on that one. I don't know how much power he's had though to do to go after that. I mean, certain things he has more power to go after. So I, I don't want to judge. Anyway, uh, let's see here. You were doing a biblical thing and you will be rewarded in the next life and you will see what your prayers actually accomplished. And it, isn't it cool? Like, I don't know. Let's say for argument's sake, whenever, whenever we all get to heaven, okay? We'll all, all my listeners and all Christians all together will have a big, gigantic reunion. <laughs> you know what I mean? How cool is that going to be? How amazingly awesome is that going to be? You know, isn't that a cool thought? Well, that's coming. And it's not that far off. I mean, in God's time frame, it's not, it's like a blink of an eye. Combining this with the binding and loosing would be very important. And I give her a link to the Winworthy binding and loosing teaching. It's, a, it's, a, it's like six, ten minute parts. If you haven't watched it, watch it. This PDF is very important that I'm doing. This is, this is more important than my normal PDF because I'm giving you a lot of really practical things you can do here. Uh, this would be... This would also be um, massively supercharged, meaning the binding and loosing with prayer and fasting. And then you combine it with the supercharged anointing oil. You know. 
I know. Okay, so then she goes on to say, I know that. Um, okay, I'm sorry, I had to unhighlight something there. I know that when many of us came together over two years ago, now this is Debbie talking, to perform a three week water fast. Wow, that's serious. A three week water fast over Halloween to pray against the evil. Hillary Clinton and Hillary Clinton being put into office and especially the child sex trafficking that we saw several answered prayers regarding child sex trafficking raids pretty soon afterward. Plus Clinton wasn't put in office against all odds. Yeah. Remember that? If you were my listener, then I don't think we've seen more prayers get answered in a, a more narrow time frame than that exact time when right, like right before the election to when after the election was Trump got into office miraculously. Um, Clinton didn't get in, which was the main thing. The pedophile network started to collapse. Trump started going after them right away. But what happened, I think, is that a lot of people that were doing that, and I don't mean my listener or my this listener, Debbie, or my other listeners, but I think the church went back to sleep because they thought, well, Trump got in and... The economy's turning around and they're not being, and if they're watching the mainstream media, they're not seeing everything that we're getting into, like in this ministry on a week to week basis. So they're going back to sleep and that's human nature. Things are worse now than ever, but the, a lot of the pedophiles have went down, but they're getting more brazen. The ones that are still out there and there's tons of them still out there. They're getting more brazen and they're getting more aggressive and they're, they're enacting worse and worse legislation all the time. I mean, look at the thing in New York, New York. So they're pulling out all the stops. We need to pull out, pull out all the stops from a spiritual warfare standpoint in response. So she saw several answered prayers regarding this. And uh, then she says, however, I feel like it hasn't happened again for me at all after that time. Well, now... I think there was a lot of people worldwide praying about this. Number one. Okay. Again, two, I think a lot now, I think a lot of people have went back to sleep. Okay. Three, she said many of us came together over two years ago and they performed a three week water fast. That's serious. God will, God sees that. Three week water fast. I've never done that. Okay. Um, God, I really believe God has to give you that ability. I've man, I've done a lot of studying on fasting and I keep seeing this stuff about you get to like day three and then it, the, your hunger goes away. I have never experienced that personally. For me, it just gets worse and worse and worse. And I can, I can get to like six or seven days, man. And it's just like, I mean, it's just like crucifying the flesh 24 seven. And you know, I'm too much of, of, of a wimp at that point to keep going basically. And so you know, I'm trying to get past that, but some people, a lot of people will say, no, I got once the, the first day was horrible. And then the second day was pretty bad. And then the third day was, you know, and they, then they, they'll go 21 days. And I'm like, man, I wish, I wish I had that experience. I'd love to do that. But man, when it's 24 seven crucifying the flesh and you're, and you're basically just like, you can hardly function and you've got to try to run a ministry and, and I don't want to give excuses because whatever, but you know, it's like, Oh, okay, God, I can, I can only take so much. God, give me the strength. If you want me to keep going, I need your strength. I, I need you to like 
really help me out on this and you know so it's different for everybody i guess is the point here um so anyway let's keep going uh let's see and now she says i feel like it hasn't happened for me after after all that time and i said yes and this is why we need to have multitudes of Christians coming together worldwide and doing this type of thing. This needs to be a mass effort. You know? When you, you're trying to push back the wickedness of billions of people, essentially. And, you know, evil entities and Satan's kingdom. And then you've got Nephilim and you've got hybrids and hybrids and, and cryptozoological creatures and all of these other things, these Nephilim-like creatures that are commingled on planet earth in the earth maybe you know wherever on the earth you're trying to push back more evil than the world's ever known and if the devil's going to try to discourage anybody it's going to be those that are praying and fasting that's another thing they're little spirits spirits of discouragement that he can send your way then she says sorry for the long email for sure there's a lot more i could tell you about our spiritual and physical battles since a year ago but i need to convey this message as i'm seeing the wicked devils get away with it and all they're doing and not being judged and punished for any of their evil crimes sometimes i wonder if god's hearing our cries of despair for help all right now i'm going to get into in the next part i don't have time to do it right this this part but in part four i'm going to get into um just some of the victories on the pedophile side since trump has been in office and before I do that, I, I, I'm going to just go over some Bible verses. Psalm 58, 56, verse 8. Thou, thou tellest my wanderings. This is the psalmist talking to God. Thou tellest my wanderings. Put thou my tears into thy bottle. Are they not in thy book? So the psalmist indicates that God um, logs... I think these are righteous tears. These aren't. These aren't like crocodile. These aren't like fake. But like when a when a when a Christian is mourning and and, and sad and, and and maybe praying and grieved over like this stuff that we're talking about today, uh, it's like God takes your tears and puts them in a bottle and, and logs them in in some type of book that He has. You know, I know that's a hard concept to understand, but the psalmist does indicate that. And and the next verse says, "When I cry unto Thee." Then shall my enemies turn back. For this I know, for God is for me. Galatians 6.8 says, For he that soweth to the flesh shall reap to the flesh corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit, capital S, which is Holy Spirit, shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. The Holy Spirit that dwells inside us, essentially, I think is what they're in reference to. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. The Bible says that they that endure to the end, the same shall be saved. Jesus Christ said that and that we're to be overcomers um so it's hard not to be weary and well-doing you know and it's hard to faint not but we're gonna have ups and downs in hills and valleys and things of this nature but the the important point is that we just keep going you just keep going and you keep going and you just don't quit you endure to the end you overcome and you do it through the lord jesus christ not of your own power And you can only do that if the Holy Spirit lives inside you, if you're saved. And if you're not, go to contendingfortruth.com, 
click on the true salvation tab and I walk you through the whole process. Let's listen to those, those sermons in succession. And then in verse 10, it says, and as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially them who are the household of faith, meaning other Christians. Psalm 56.10, in God will I praise his word, in the Lord will I praise his word. In God have I put my trust, I will, be not, I will not be afraid of what man can do unto me. Which is a really good thing to, mem- to bear in mind in the day and times we're living in because they're always trying to put the fear of man or the fear of some situation in you constantly. Alright, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop there and we're going to get into, in the next part, a lot of answered prayers regarding the pedophile agenda since Trump has been in office as an encouraging type thing and this isn't something i'm making this up these are these are documented facts that are going on here so god bless you and we'll see you in part four